Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. We are privileged to have our Vicar General and Moderator of the Curia with us. Father Charles Lockowitzer was ordained a priest for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis in 1990. Since then, he's served as an associate pastor at the Church of St. Michael in Stillwater, principal of St. Croix Catholic School, pastor of the Church of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Maplewood, pastor of the Church of St. John Newman in Egan, and as president of the Board of Directors and Canonical Administrator for Faithful Shepherd School in Egan. And now he is our Vicar General, Moderator of the Curia. Father, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very wonderful to have you with us. All right, so um, just so, you know, we might have somebody listening in, Father. It's just possible that we have somebody listening in who is really starting to try out this Lent thing for the very first time. So remind us on some, some of the basics. Like, for instance, uh, why do we make sacrifices during Lent? Well, the whole Lenten season is really a movement to the cross of Good Friday, so each of the things we do in fasting, almsgiving, and prayer is to deepen our sense of the reality of being human beings. Uh, we are sinners. Uh, we know a world or have experienced ourselves suffering uh, other types of uh, painful experiences that come with life uh, as well as death itself. And um, by entering right into that uh, sadder part, if you will, of our humanity, um, we prepare ourselves for that cross of Good Friday. And so the more meaningful um, the things we choose during the Lenten season, the greater meaning then it has on the cross where we see that our little sacrifices were to help us understand the great sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm, yeah, uniting our sacrifices with his great sacrifice, yeah. Our sufferings, uh, you right. know, just coming into that sense of that outpouring of mercy that turns uh, even our sufferings into a, if you will, a way of redemption. Right, right. Well, let's also talk then a little bit about, you know, one of the things that comes up oftentimes, uh, and it's it's actually, it's interesting, this used to be pretty well known, I think, throughout at least my small, very Catholic town, even though I myself wasn't Catholic at the time. Growing up, everybody kind of understood that, you know what, the, you can't serve meat at school, for instance, on Fridays during Lent. Um, but, uh, but it's becoming, I think, less and less known by society in general. Why do Catholics not eat meat on Fridays during Lent? Well, it was a myth that it was to support the fishing industry. And in <laughs> um, Good point, yes. You know, actually, there's an ancient practice of giving up meat because meat was a festival food. So it wasn't a part of the staple of day-to-day -day life. Meat was associated with uh, wedding banquets, with seasonal festivals, uh, with uh, you know rejoicing in the harvest. And so uh, it had that very special connection uh, to you know the great celebrations of the societies at that time and the religions. And and so to give that up uh, is also to give up the festivals and the celebrations as well. So it was tied into that sense of sacrificing something of great value uh, in order to be more profound in the uh, spiritual season, whether it was a, a season of repentance and conversion, as we would, as Christians, uh, celebrate during Lent, um, or if it was just a, a way to, you know, uh, honor uh, tradition. But that giving up of meat is an ancient practice. Mm. 
Great. So let's talk a little bit more, maybe aimed at those who have done Lent a number of times, a number of seasons, and they're really looking for ways to make this Lent, enter into this Lent afresh and anew and and see some strides, some measurable strides in their relationship with the Lord. Any, what kind of suggestions do you have for creating a fruitful Lenten penance or practice or fast? Yeah, I think there's you know, minimally we, you know, look at our sins in preparation for going to confession. But that whole practice of celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation is a Lenten journey. We come in uh, very conscious of our sins, and then we come out of the confessional uh, very conscious of the mercy of Jesus. And so I think part of what gives Lent a uh, richer meaning for those of us who have you know, given up chocolate-covered rutabagas every year for the past <laughs> 40 years, uh, uh-huh. where it becomes kind of a routine, um, is is to start uh, searching the deeper meaning uh, behind the things we are doing, uh, mm. to be very conscious, uh, particularly during this time of pandemic and social unrest and all the other things that cause us worry and anxiety, is is to... Uh, reflect on those not to wallow in the world's misery, but to really find the hand of Jesus that is at the cross of Good Friday that leads us to Easter. Um, Mm -hmm. As a preacher, I used to uh, like to say, you know, it's the transformative power of the Holy Spirit that makes us an Easter people, though we know all too well it's a Good Friday world. Mm -hmm. And, And so rather than denying the world out there or the interior world, it is that deeper sense of faith that we confront it, we walk right into it, and we know we're heading to Good Friday. So I, I think to give the cross its prominence in the Lenten season um, is, is something that even you know well practiced at uh, the Lenten observances uh, can use that as a time of reflection and prayer and getting into the profundity of the cross in this day and age. Um, you know, there's a lot different this year than last year. And um, finding the deeper spiritual meaning in that uh, is a great way to do the same old Lenten practices. Right. And to to stay on that for just a moment, Father, you know, as I've been looking around the web at some Lenten possibilities, you know, and in, in trying to set up my own Lenten practices for this uh, for this year, for this year's Lent, uh, I've come across a number of times, I've been kind of surprised by this, about how often I come across, well, I'm not giving anything more up because this whole, you know, 2020 has been an entire season of Lent, you know, in, in some of the things. And, you know, there's some truth to that. I can understand that. But uh, what's your response to that, Father? And uh, do we, I mean, I, I would say there's still uh, there's still meaning behind doing something in particular for the holy season of Lent and not just kind of carrying on as we have been since the pandemic began. Yeah, there. you know, people have spiritual practices that um, are different. You know, some people say, I'm not giving up something, I'm adding something. Mm. But really, I, it's, it's a walk together as the church. And so to do the, the basics, if you will, um, uh, is to trust that God will, uh, by grace, open our eyes to things that we didn't see. Uh, we didn't see the reason for giving something up because the whole pandemic has been lent. Well, that's like saying that, you know, we don't need purgatory because we just went through it. <laughs> life. So there, there are ways in which just by following the discipline mm-hmm. um, that uh, it brings unity in the church. We're uh, experiencing the same things. 
Uh, and we can do other things that are creative as well. But I always encourage people to uh, do the discipline of Lent. And, in fact, the more we don't want to do it, the more Lent it is. Mm. Hey, I like that. Yeah, very good. I, I might have to steal that line from you, Father. I, I like hey, that a lot. Uh, if I say something inspiring, thank God. Otherwise, thank <laughs> me. <laughs> right, right. Very good. I like it. All right. Well, um, I, I'm also, uh, you mentioned about taking something up, taking up a practice. Well, uh, obviously, this is the year of St. Joseph, um, declared by our own Archbishop, Archbishop Hebda, and then uh, subsequently by our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Um, any any specific thoughts about what we might do to include St. Joseph in our Lenten practices this year? And one, this is just for me personally, uh, part of it is, you know, what our archdiocese has come through on the uh, safety of our mm-hmm. children um, and, and connecting that to the care that St. Joseph gave to the child Jesus uh, is to be more aware in our Lenten practices of the needs of our children. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very adult world when it comes to uh, people's needs, and, and too often the needs of our children are somehow forgotten all that to the, you know, in fasting, um, you know, recalling just the number of children who still go to bed hungry in this country, mm-hmm. uh, let alone around the world. And so I, I think to look at that care that St. Joseph provided for Jesus and, and somehow through the intercession of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, deepen our awareness of the needs of our children in our society today. Yeah, that's that's great. Great suggestion. And in fact, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that in our upcoming interview just right after this one uh, with Mary Christensen and Bill Brady about uh, something Corpus Christi's doing and uh, youth and uh, young and hungry Zoom forum that's coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but uh, Father, we also wanted to to talk. Now, maybe this is getting a little too personal, but do you have one or two of your own personal Lenten practices that you'd be willing to share on air with others? Sure. Um, you know, I do the typical uh, give up soda because uh, I'm always okay. reaching for it in my truck. And when it's not there uh, during Lent, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to at least make the sign of the cross. If not, <laughs> you know, Hail Mary, Our Father, and a Glory Be. But the, that, if you will, common practice that all of a sudden uh, isn't there. Um, yeah, I, for almsgiving, I typically uh, do something beyond stewardship. Um, you know, I haven't uh, made my choice yet. Sometimes I procrastinate on that. Um, but just looking at a way I'm putting a conscience on my dollar uh, and make a contribution to uh, what I believe is supporting the mission of the church, whether it be for the respect and protection of life or whether it be a, another specific project. Prayer is, for me, supplemental readings, uh, finding, uh, especially in the Magnificat, um, you know, there there is uh, the readings and the Mass of the day, but there's reflections by uh, past uh, popes, uh, reflections by saints. Um, there's a whole section on the deeper meaning of Lent, and, and these are, are good things. So in the mm. fasting, it's just instead of giving something up and forgetting about it, uh, call to mind every time I want a, a can of soda that, you know, it's Lent. Uh, almsgiving, doing good work, and uh, prayer, uh, some supplemental readings, or even mm-hmm. using the Google Bing Yahoo machine to uh, <laughs> do a deeper dive on some spiritual questions. 
Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay. All right, so before we let you go here, Father, we've got a few minutes left, and I wanted to to focus in for a bit on the Easter season. I've said this before on this program, but I'll say it again, that it seems to me that I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little bit seasoned in the Lenten practices. I'm I, I think I'm I'm getting the spirit of uh, of detachment, a spirit of sacrifice, and that sort of thing. And that I have seen fruits of that um, because of you know God's grace working in and through me at that time. But I'm really rubbish when it comes to celebration. So let's look at Easter for a moment. So when when that Easter vigil takes vigil takes place, and we're you know we're celebrating, and then we move into the Easter season, any suggestions on how do we celebrate well, Father? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, it says something about us that we do Lent better than we do Easter. Yeah, right. You know, in the the seven weeks of the Easter season, moving to Pentecost. Uh, you know, going through Acts of the Apostles, in some cycles, the Bread of Life Discourses by St. John the Evangelist. Um, but the repetition of the songs and, you know, the flowers and everything else, uh, most people are uh, moved on into ordinary time, uh, yeah. probably t- two weeks into Easter, if that long. Yeah, right. Um, what I like to encourage, I uh, preach to myself first, is to uh, set... Uh, our hearts for the unfolding mystery. Uh, I think each year we can hear something new and go uh, deeper into the mystery of the uh, real presence in the person of Jesus Christ, uh, deepening our hunger for and gratitude for the Eucharist. Um, Sometimes it's taking uh, one of the virtues each week in the Easter season and then just seeing how at Sunday Mass, uh, coincidentally, uh, that virtue takes on a greater uh, importance in our lives, or the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, or mm. the seven sacraments, because all of mm. them are being celebrated in the Easter season. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, not to be a passive spectator and wait for Easter to do something it didn't do to us last year when we were bored with it in the third week. Uh, it is to be intentional and to uh, know that the things that we're doing, whether it be the virtues or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, through the Easter season, God also will be working, uh, unfolding a sense of the mystery of the resurrection in, in our time and mm. in an hour day. Yeah. Great suggestions. I love the I love the thinking of each week of the, the Easter season to focus in on the virtues or the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the sacraments, something like that. I, I love that the idea. For works of mercy, we have so yeah. many lists of seven, you know. Yeah, I, that's right. I wouldn't I undo it. Easter by going to the seven deadly sins. That's Lent, but... Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> very good, very good. I like that. Well, and that's just it, is that I think oftentimes after giving up something for the for Lent, now we see Easter as a time of indulgence, which for me, I'll, again, preach to myself or admit my own faults that, you know, for me it turns into overindulgence. And then, you know, then I'm right back where I started from. It's not... Uh, anyway, so we don't need to go into that, especially as our time is winding up here, Father. So I'm wondering if, before we let you go, would you be willing to give an on-air blessing for all of our listeners for a a sacred Lent and a celebratory Easter, please? Well, what a privilege, and and God bless your good work. And may the blessings of Almighty God be with our listeners, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Charles Lockowitzer, we are so grateful to have you with us. Thank you, and God bless you in your continued work for our Archdiocese. Thank you. God bless you. 
All right. We're going to go into our next break. When we come back, we've got Mary Christensen and Bill Brady from Corpus Christi in Roseville going to share with us about the Young and Hungry Zoom Forum coming up. Stay with us. There's going to be lots of good things to learn from this. 